Welcome to Extravagant Joy with Steve Backlund, recorded March 23rd, 24th, and 25th at House of Hope in Cranbrook, B.C. For more information about House of Hope, visit our website at www.ihopecranbrook.ca. What a joy it is to be here. Just, um, I just was so excited to hear about how the team did today and just know that God used them. And I mean, you know, in a conference, even though we have a meeting tomorrow, tomorrow morning's meeting, by the way, is going to be a great meeting. But, you know, this is the last meeting in the conference, and Jesus has a habit of saving the best wine for last. You know that. Let me share a testimony, uh, and then if you were here this morning and you heard a phrase that spoke to you, just have you raise your hand and share that phrase. We're going to catch people up on who maybe this is your first. How many of this is your first meeting of the weekend? Just a yeah, number of you, welcome. And, and so if you've got uh, something you heard that ministered to you, uh, get ready on that. Um, let me share a testimony. Uh, Wendy and I have a niece. Her name is Stacy, and she... Um, we we were praying for her. She was not saved, and, and she seemed impossible. Ever had an impossible family member? <laughs> and, I mean, she, she was on drugs. Her, she had, uh, her children had been taken away from her. We just even her mind, you know, we thought, can she even comprehend the gospel? And she had known the Lord as a, as a child. And, and so, really, you know, our prayers for her were more out of duty than out of faith. Anybody else been there? Uh-huh. And she phones Wendy one day, and she said, Aunt Wendy, I got saved. And Wendy said, how? <laughs> how? How'd you get saved? And she said, I was, I was, on, a, I was on a park bench, uh, uh, no, excuse me, a bus bench, waiting for a bus, and I went into a trance. And she had all these visions of heaven. It was like Book of Revelation stuff. And she got saved, and she got instantly delivered. And that was about 10 years ago, and she's still serving the Lord. Someone say, wow. I've shared this testimony before. Uh, when we pastored out in Round Mountain, Nevada, I not only was the senior pastor, I decided to become the youth pastor because my children were that age. God had given me a great door into the local high school through coaching, substitute teaching, Etc. And uh, our youth group, we got a youth leadership team. It started to grow. Young people got saved. And uh, we decided to do an experiment. We created the top 10 hit list of most unlikely people in the high school to get saved. We put 10 names on a list who we thought were the least likely people in the high school ever to get saved. And we put one name at the top of the list. His name was Caleb. And he was not uh, he, he, in our opinion, was the most unlikely person ever to get saved in the school. So we started praying for him, started believing for him, started prophesying into his life, telling him who he was. He had a future and a purpose, and guess what? He got saved. Now, that was about 1999. We left in 2001, turned the church over to a spiritual son and daughter, and they pastored from 2001 to 2012. Then in 2012, we went back and laid hands on the new senior pastor of the church. Guess what his name was? Caleb. Someone say, wow. 
Wow. Every prophecy we hear, by the way, uh, it says in Revelation 19 that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's why testimonies, wherever you're leading, you know, we we have great leaders in in this meeting tonight. Any environment you're leading in, the the testimony is powerful. And and if you don't know what to do, share testimonies. Because every time you share a testimony, it's a prophecy that's released to those who hear it. Faith happens. Something gets on people. And the word testimony means do it again. Do it again, Lord. You guys like that? I remember I was in Texas, um, College Station, Texas. We're releasing healing. Uh, uh, and there's a word of knowledge about backs being healed. By the way, backs are being healed tonight. There was a word of knowledge about backs being healed. And uh, our team went out and prayed. I heard this shouting in the back. How many know if, you're, if that's shouting, that's good news? Something's happening. And, and, and what happened was is that there was a, a, a person who was a, a, a gymnast to, you know, she, uh, that she had had rods put in her back. And before she had rods put in her back, she had leaned over and touched her palms to the ground one last time. And, and, and what happened in that meeting is that she, after prayer, she was able to do that again with rods in her back. And, and that was impossible. How many of you know God likes to um, expand our, uh, how should I say this, our belief in what actually is possible? Just turn to your neighbor and say, um, I just see a a bullseye on you as a Holy Spirit target tonight. So before you guys share what's going on, I want to I want to just share a little bit about Igniting Hope Ministries and I'll take that too. Wendy and I, we have a mandate to ignite hope. That's our assignment. Shared uh, last night, there's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. Once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. And, and, and that's just, uh, and we just love traveling. We, we have a lot of resources. We do many different things. We're just finishing up a 40-day negativity fast and positivity feast. Anybody here uh, done that this year or in the past? Yeah, just uh, and it's so it's such a powerful time of of just uh, fasting negativity and feasting on positivity through the Word of God, and it's actually it's like a forty day mini renewing the mind school, and we do events like that every year, uh, online free events for people. I do a sixty second video hope injection every day, from igniting hope Facebook, igniting hope uh, Instagram. I actually have been uh, doing. Uh, the last three, I think, have been in Cranbrook, staying at uh, Dave and Doreen's house over there. And I did a couple over there, one inside your house. They have a, you guys, you guys have a picture in where I'm staying. By the way, they're great hosts. I just want to say that. They've just been hosting me so well. I'm just taking so, I just don't even know if I want to leave. <laughs> they got a picture in their, their basement area where I'm staying that has hope. 
hope picture. That got in a hope injection. Thought that would be good. So that's, that's every day. We do uh, weekly podcasts on Igniting Hope, uh, uh, just uh, iTunes and that. And we send out a, a weekly email which just has a blog that has access, that gives you links to the podcast, everything else we're doing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass around a sign-up sheet for an email or an email newsletter. And if you would like to get that, you can sign up for that. If you're getting enough emails and you don't want that, that's fine. But I wanted to give an opportunity. So I've got three clipboards, one for this section, one for this section, one for this section. And, and the goal is, is that the clipboard ends up in the back row. <laughs> and actually, as I'm looking, yeah, you can just put one for each group. As I'm looking at this group, I feel like this is a, is a high-level high high group. <laughs> so that's, that's available um, um, to you. So... What did somebody hear this morning that uh, spoke to you? Let's just do a, a few of those. Who was here who would like to start that out? You heard a phrase that ministered to you. Yes. Loving yourself. Wow. And that probably was this afternoon. You guys can sneak that in. Because Andrea just I heard a great word on that. Somebody else. Yes. Go in the strength you have. Judges 6. Gideon got an assignment that he thought that he was not qualified for. And the Lord just said, go in the strength you have. It's an amazing thing when you actually go in the strength you have, you get more strength. Who else? Celebrate progress, not perfection. The religious mindset only becomes joyful and celebrates with perfection. I mean, there's not much celebration in that. But families celebrate progress. Anyone else? Yeah. If we create our identity, let me just let me tell you this. The greatest, and I'll, I'll hopefully go into this a little bit deeper, the greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are not regional demonic principalities. They're belief systems in the minds of Christians. Now, most of the strongholds, the greatest strongholds that are blocking the purposes of God, in my opinion, are Christians getting their beliefs out of the past instead of what he's saying. By coming, we don't deny the past, we just can't get our beliefs out of it. Because if I create an identity for me, my family, my church, my city, my region, out of the past, then that actually becomes the stronghold that, that, that blocks the purposes of God. In 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, it says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God through the pulling down of what? Strongholds. And it says, We demolish arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, the greatest spiritual warfare, the highest level spiritual warfare, is to take thoughts captive. And let me, let me just put it in a, a different way. The highest level of spiritual warfare is to think and believe higher than what you're feeling and experiencing. Let me say that again. The highest level of spiritual warfare is to think and believe higher than what you're experiencing. 
I shared a testimony last night on my own life where when I was first saved, I, my belief system was that if I didn't feel saved, then I didn't think I was saved. And I'd go up and get saved again. And the Lord said, Steve, I've got good news for you. You're saved even when you don't feel saved. And when I actually started believing I was saved when I didn't feel saved, because there was something trying to exalt itself above the knowledge of God, it was my feelings. And, and, and that lie, you're not saved if you don't feel saved. When I actually believed that I was saved, when I didn't feel saved, that was greater spiritual warfare than me rebuking the spirit of Jezebel for 30 minutes. I was just laughing at that, by the way. Ha ha. Somebody else hears something. Change the channel. Change the channel. You know, it's an amazing thing with the radio. If we don't like what we're listening to, we can change the channel. It's just fascinating. The same way in the spirit. And, and, and we're, we're, whatever we're tuning into in our self-talk, if it doesn't give us hope, we're listening to the wrong channel. Anyone else? Perfectionism robs God of giving him something to work with. There's so many gifts within us. There's so many things that, that, that we can grow into. But because of a fear of failure uh, of wanting, or the fear of looking like a failure, we don't give God something to work with. One of my goals is to give God so much to work with that, that my angels get overworked. And they have to call in reinforcements. They have to call in bored angels with other people. <laughs> and they got to bring more in. That, that's my goal. Keep my angels so busy through declaring life. This, God's going to do great things. And how many know when you actually say that, something happens? Angels, angels get active. Oh, we got to cause great things to happen tonight. <laughs> Anyone else? Yep. The most important things you and I need to hear will sound ridiculous when we first hear them. Gideon in Judges 6 heard a ridiculous word. You're a mighty warrior who's going to save a nation. And he was just trying to survive. And, 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 and he heard something that was ridiculous. All right, hey, team, I, I want to bring the team up here just because uh, we're, we're going to encourage a few people before I share what's on my heart tonight. You guys, anybody here just too encouraged? So we just, uh, we start with you, Lauren. You ready? Um, I had a word. I was wondering if everyone over 60 could stand. Yeah, just going to go straight to it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking around. <laughs> Hope none of you are lying, sitting down still. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I don't know. I just felt that impress upon my heart, and I saw a rainbow over you, and I felt the Lord say that he's breathing on the promises that you're still carrying. Um, and so just to persevere that he's not done yet, and the promises that you had that are not fulfilled yet will be fulfilled. So be encouraged. Yeah, um, you can have a seat. 
And just take that for yourself. Could everybody wearing the color blue stand? I think Steve could have stood for both of those. <laughs> Is that right, Steve? <laughs> I'm not wrong in that, correct? <laughs> um, I have blue as well, so I'm taking this for myself. Um, I just felt such a strong highlight on the word for everybody wearing the color blue. Um, just fresh revelation. I just heard perspectives being shifted. The same scriptures that you've been reading for years are just going to jump off the page. Just kind of like what I even talked about, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, about the hearts burning. So just God's going to open up the scriptures to you in a new way. Um, and just he's revealing mysteries. So, yeah. I'm going to pass it on to Sana. You. Okay. So, I saw two dancers in the back. I was sneaking into the back and just enjoying your dancing. Just the two of you were dancing. I saw you dancing. Yes, can you stand up? And I saw, um, where is she? Yes, you. I saw you dancing. Yes, this is a season for you where God is actually um, agreeing with your dance and going to dance with you together. And I see he's going to take you on a romantic dance of actually showing you how he is as a daddy for you and that he, it's going to increase and that you can feel safe with him on his lap. And because he trusts you so well and you are two women of faith, you are pillars of faith. And, and because of that, he's like, I can build my house in you guys. So bless you. Okay, everybody with purple. If you're having purple, maybe your socks are purple. If your underwear is purple, don't show us. But please stand up. If you're wearing purple, please stand up. Yes. So, everybody stand up. Okay. Yes, I see royalty over you, and I see an increase of royalty, and God is crowning you right now with vic victory and victorious emotions. So vic victory over victory that you even thought by yourself, oh, do I have victory? Yes, he's crowning you right now, and he's so proud of you, and he's so proud of you how you carried yourself through situations. And that crowning has diamonds on there, and the diamonds are turning into shining diamonds, and you're radiating your victory, and you are a magnet for actually men and women that's struggling with victory and struggling with um, their emotions, and you guys bring victory in emotions. So bless you guys with that. And then I have one more. I keep on shutting this, my book, closing it much oh all volunteers can all volunteers then please or even if you're a volunteer in the church or in your own church yes oh the volunteer oh yeah sorry okay volunteers for this event yes make it clear sorry you can take it you can take it <laughs> take it anyway so I see a huge thankful heart of Papa God and actually your heart to serve is, is so thankful. And I see even, um, I see for you guys, you're praying for 
things over, over more than 10 years or actually things are happened um, over more than 10 years and God is saying yes and amen and he's not forgotten you and he says everything that's stolen I will return and I actually turn it in for good. And he's like, I say yes in a man of your life. And what you've invested in this weekend, he will give you a double portion of his goodness and his love. So thank you. Thank you so much. So, amen. Amen. I got a, f- a few ones as well. Um, the lady right here, what's your name? Hey, Carolyn. Um, I hear this, that uh, the Lord's going to speak to you in this season through Romans 8. And, and that... Uh, there's actually grace on you to memorize a chunk of that chapter, and it's, it's going to be key uh, in your life. Um, gentleman right here, what's your name? Don? Don, I hear this, that the number 14 is going to be guiding you in the next season. You're going to see 14, and it's just going to be like whether it's a street address, a Bible verse, um, just whatever. But it's going to be guiding you in the season. Um, also hear that doors are opening for you. Everybody who's uh, the age 30 to 39, stand up. 30 to 39. And, and I just, um, when I was praying during the meeting, I, I just heard that the Lord's hand is on this age group in this region. And the Lord is actually, I heard this, you're in a season of accelerated growth. There's accelerated advancement in your life. And I saw the Lord giving you a key of thanksgiving and that there's grace on you that that gratefulness and thanksgiving will accelerate your growth and cause you to do and become what you never thought you could do and become. So you can be seated. I want everybody who's sitting in row four, uh, uh, row four over here, row four here, row four here, stand up. Yeah. And I... um, and I, I heard this over you, um, that God will be speaking to you in, in the next season through chapter fours in the Bible. Chapter four, that, that you know, like Hebrews four, Romans four, Philippians four, that, that chapter four in Bible books is going to actually just almost like explode with revelation and you're going to see it. And you're actually going to, you're going to be drawn into chapter fours. And, and those of you who are teaching and preaching and leading, uh, and, and those of you just sharing with others, you're going to actually, you're going to find yourself referring to chapter fours. So you are the four people. Four, four, four runners. I need to take you on the road. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm, I'm seeing through a glass dimly. And then you... Amen. <laughs> okay. Um, is there anyone who's been feeling either a heat or a tingling in your hands throughout this night during worship or just as Steve has been speaking? And if that's you, would you stand? Yes. Good. Two people. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's great. Wait, what was that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, God is giving you a healing anointing. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I just encourage you to, every opportunity you get, to 
um, exercise that to pray for people and you will see a number of people getting healed. You will see an increase in healing wherever you go um, because the Lord is really on it. The Lord is with you in that. And also I felt um, if there is anyone who has any pain in their hands, if there is anyone um, to stand and I would like the people with the healing anointing to pray for you. If there's anyone with um, pain in your arms or hands, yeah? Yeah. And if you don't mind, to go around, lay your hands on them, and I'll just pray a quick prayer over you. Because um, I really feel like there is something significant on you just being activated uh, in laying your hands on them. And, um, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, that you have the power to heal. Thank you, God, that you're a good father. We just pray healing into every situation, into every life. And these people that are standing, God, that their arms or their hands will just come back to alignment with heaven. Whatever it is that is wrong, whatever it is that is in pain, that will just come back to alignment with heaven. All pain will go away. And that their arms or their hands will just be restored, God. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Mm. Amen. And now would you check it out for me? That would be great. Better? Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, would you, would you share that? Um, all day today, my upper arm and my, all the way down to my hand has been throbbing like terrible. And as soon as praying I could feel it releasing and it is absolutely gone I mean I'm not kidding it was that bad yes, God. is there anyone else any of the um who got better at all if any if just a little bit well yeah and it's better <laughs> yes Jesus Oh, that's amazing. Wow. All right. I'll be handing it over to you. Nice. Uh, so I actually felt a corporate uh, blessing. God is releasing uh, keys to unlocking new passions inside of your, you guys that have been dormant for years. Yep. <laughs> and then I, these two women in the back, you're wearing um, both very similar blue colors. Are you related? No. You guys look like sisters. <laughs> I actually felt like you both carry family restoration. Um, you both have a, a gift and an anointing to... Um, yeah, bring families back to working order to how they were originally intended. And then this guy right here with the dark hair and the brown jacket, yep. You shift perspectives. You change the way people think. You were born to release life. And your words and the way you see things actually breed life into the hearts of people. That shifts the way that they experience life. And your creative abilities, your creative giftings, and what you do with your hands has huge impact on those around you. That stretches far greater than you believe. 
yeah, you're just you're a life bringer and releaser. Yeah. Okay. Um you with the blonde hair, curly, I'm looking right at you. Yes. <laughs> Would you stand? And I'll give you a word. Yes. Um losing it. Um Yes, now I'm back at it. I saw the word gatherer over you, um, that you have a gift of gathering people, and specifically um, the verse in the Bible of the prodigal son coming back home. Um, I just see, like, you have a gift of people who've gone off the wrong road, like, and just bringing them back. Like, you have a gift of gathering and bringing them back to the Father, bringing them back to the Father's heart. Yeah, just bless you with that. Incredible. What do you think of these four prophetess women? Women. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. Want to give a couple books away. Um, Wendy's uh, wrote a book called Living from the Unseen. Wendy, my wife, is a Holy Spirit woman, and she is arcing and sparking. She's got a hold of a live wire up there, you know, and and it's uh, sometimes scary to be married to her. <laughs> yeah, please don't tell me anything else you did in prayer. Don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> it's got a workbook. I need to give this. Uh, can you give this to Doreen back there? Yes, she she has been such a great way in the back. Yep. Thank you. And Dave and Doreen, I hear this over you. I hear. Um, uh, Fathers and mothers in the spirit, uh, there's an increase of grace on your, your life in this season. And I hear that the, um, the people that you're going to influence in this next season, you're going to be surprised at the level of people you're going to influence and the doors the Lord's opening for you. And so bless you. And then this book, uh, I want to give it away. It's called The Culture of Empowerment. I mentioned it last night. How to Champion People uh, takes the quote, my goal is not to build a big church, but to build big people. And um, this is uh, probably uh, my favorite leadership book. Well, it's the the one that really encapsulates my own heart uh, for leadership. It talks about empowering beliefs, how to empower yourself, being an empowering person. By the way, if if you're an empowering person, it's not going to be long before somebody's going to put a title on you. We need you. <laughs> Empowerment's not just something you do in a position. It's a lifestyle. Uh, how to create a, uh, establishing a culture of empowerment, choosing who to empower and when, uh, increasing the likelihood that other people will want to empower you. We go after uh, how to remove uh, uh, favor busters, things that we would do that would decrease our favor in the eyes of people, and how to, how to actually walk in wisdom to increase our favor where actually people trust us. Because trust is the currency of influence. You know, if, if people, we can be highly anointed, but if people don't trust us, it's probably not going to, you know, it, it, our influence isn't going to grow. And by the way, the Lord is, is even in this meeting, is, is, is bringing um, breakthrough in people, in people's insides, to actually for other people to trust you more. Um, just to, yep, empower meetings.
uh, et cetera. Do you have this book, sir? You don't have, you know, what's your name? Tom. You know what, Tom? You're a great leader. You got, you got leadership all over you, and you're a student. I mean, you're so hungry. You're a second-row guy sitting there. You're just, I mean, I, 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 I've just been sitting in front of you. I've, I've felt the hunger in you. I've felt the desire. I've felt your, your, just your passion to grow, your sincerity. And I just bless you, and I just see the Lord releasing you into a season of greater confidence than ever before. Confidence in who you are, confidence in what you carry, and, and your, your authority in, 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 uh, is, is going to increase. And, and, and God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. And, and, and he's going to use you. He's going to use both of you in incredible ways in the days ahead. And so thank you. I'm excited to hear the testimonies of that. All right. Mark 12. Mark 12, Jesus, uh, the Sadducees, um, you know, in, in the New Testament, Jesus, you know, he confronted the Pharisees and Sadducees. The Sadducees are an interesting group because uh, they don't believe in the resurrection. And then they, uh, they give Jesus a ridiculous hypothetical situation, in, um, starting in verse 18, and let me just paraphrase this to you. Um, It says, a a woman married a man, before they have children, he dies. Mm -hmm. Some of you know this, a lot of you know. Then she marries his brother, he dies before they have children. Then she marries third brother, he dies before they have children. Let's just laugh at this, by the way. (laughs) Then she goes through seven brothers. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) And yeah, it's just it's just it's 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 bizarre. Um, so it says in in fact none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. Now and then. And then they ask this extremely important kingdom question. At the resurrection, this is verse 23, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be? Since the seven were married to her. Let's just laugh at that. (laughs) Uh, You know, how many of you know there's some things that really aren't that important? You know, I'm sure there's, there's many... Many believers who are just, you know, spending hours and hours trying to figure out if Adam had a belly button or not. Yeah, they're just, they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're into trying to figure out whether he had one or not. I love what Jesus says. He hears this ridiculous question. And he, answer, he says, Jesus replied, are you not in error? He, he says, this whole, this whole train of thinking, this whole trying to, you know, he who has the most knowledge wins uh, thing is wrong. Because he says, you, you, are you not in error? Because you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. Now, he, he tells them, hey, there's, a, there's two things. Just, just get, get, get away from all that. 
but go after two things. Know the scripture, know the power of God. And, and you know, how many of you need it simple? I need it simple. And, and to know that, you know, how many of you know we're to be word and spirit people? You're all word and, and, and no spirit, you dry up. You're all spirit and no word, you blow up. If you're word and spirit, you grow up. And we've been talking, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to share a little bit about knowing the Scriptures a little deeper way because that's really been where we're going in the weekend. But we're going to end tonight about knowing the power of God, about going deeper into the river of God. And, you know, Jesus said in Mark 2.22, he said, you can't put new wine in an old wineskin. Because what's going to happen to the old wineskin? It's going to blow up. And, and any time that we cry out for more, God, do more things in me. How many of you know that you are actually inviting yourself for a wineskin upgrade? Because God, God, he wants to give us more. He wants to give us more Holy Spirit power, more resources, more favor, uh, and all of that. But he also knows that if we, if we get the more without a new wineskin, it will blow us up. Now, I heard a study that was done about million-dollar lottery winners, and they found out in this study that 80 to 90 percent of the, after 20 years, the people who won the million-dollar lottery were actually in worse situation than they were before they won the lottery. Now, how many of you know, if, if, we get a, if we get new circumstances without new beliefs or new wineskins, the new circumstances, aren't, we're not going to be able to contain those new circumstances. And so when, when we talk about knowing the Scriptures, that really encapsulates changing how we think because we can't, Get the new thing with old thinking. And this weekend is all about upgrading our thinking. And we've been sharing this, that we can't trust any conclusion in our life that doesn't have hope attached to it. Any, any area, any belief system that doesn't have hope attached to it is under the influence of a lie. I found, I was reading, I got this revelation. I was reading a book by a guy named Francis Frangipan called The Three Battlegrounds. And he, he said this. He said, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope, say glisten with hope. Every area of your life doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. Every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie, and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. I'm, I'm learning this in the early 90s, and, and, and when I read that, I became instantly discouraged. So I was trying to find one area where I had hope, let alone glistening hope. didn't even know glistening hope existed, and I couldn't find one. Then I prayed a dumb prayer. Oh, God, will you please show me every lie that I'm believing? Should not have prayed that. Should have prayed, Lord, show me 10% of the lies I'm believing. And, and I got the revelation, almost everything I believed in my life was a lie. 
and I was pastoring a church. Let's not laugh at that. Uh I had great doctrine but bad beliefs. How many know you you can have great doctrine in the Word and have bad beliefs? Just because you have great doctrine doesn't mean you know the Scriptures. Because the word know uh, really indicates an intimacy with it. Now, when we know the Scriptures, what what happens is, is that our thinking actually changes. We have beliefs in four areas of life. We have beliefs about God. We have beliefs about ourselves. We have beliefs about other people. And we have beliefs about circumstances. And so he's saying, every area where you don't have great hope, you've you're, you got a lie connected to that. I said, well, that's every area. Okay, and again, it was discouraging, but then I actually got, I got empowered. And we shared the verse, Romans 15, 13, last night. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say, in believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, the moment we believe truth is the moment we get filled by the God of hope. Again, increased hope is the evidence that we're believing truth. So, in getting a wineskin of going after beliefs, and I'll tell you, it, it, it's, been a, it's been a journey for me, and it's still a journey. The Lord told Wendy and I, he said, your hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Say that with me. My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Is it hot in here? Can we open a door? Is that possible? Because I I want you guys to be fully alive. Let's laugh at this lie. If it's too warm, you guys cannot concentrate and get revelation. Ha ha. That was that was a good lie. My hopelessness about a problem's a bigger problem than the problem. Now that changed that changed my life, you know. I, uh, I'm a hopeless uh, I remember in, in the early 90s um, getting this, and the Lord's trying to, you know, build my hope and build my beliefs and, and, and have me know the Scriptures so I can get my wineskin upgraded so I can experience, you know, more than I've been experiencing. And I remember in that season, the Lord says, Steve, I want you to start believing better now. And I said, Lord, I'll make a deal with you. When things start getting better in my life, I'll start believing better. Is that okay with you? And he said, no. (laughs) That's not how this thing works. And remember in that season of my life, uh, I had very little signs. We're out in the middle of Nevada pastoring a church. I had very little signs that I was successful. Let me just share with you some of the... Uh, things in my life at that time that were telling me that I was a failure, and I want you to laugh a- after each one that I share. Okay, you guys ready? 
All right. I had a non-successful car. Ha <laughs> ha. My hair was starting to get non-successful. Ha ha. Ha I had a non-successful salary. Ha ha. Ha ha. My church size was not successful. Ha ha. Ha. Give an extra laugh on that one. Ha ah. My home, which was a single wide trailer that was very old, that was called the Parsonage, was not successful. Ha ah. ha. Ah. Ha ah. ha. And, and, and so I had all these these things, and the Lord says, I want you to start, I want you to start thinking higher. I want you to start believing the scripture. I want you to know. That you're knowing the scripture because your 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 hope is arising. I said, "Wow, Lord, uh, you know, I just it just doesn't feel. I gotta wait for a more convenient seat when things are gonna start getting better. I'll start thinking better." And he said, "No," he said, "I want I want you to start actually because because I want you to start thinking and talking higher than what you're experiencing. It's called faith." Thinking and talking higher than what your experience is called faith. He said, I want you to say this. I want you to say that you radically influence nations. And I was out there hardly feeling like I was influencing sagebrush. <laughs> I said, Lord, hey, I thought you said thou shalt not lie. Shouldn't I wait until I'm radically influencing nations before I say I'm radically influencing nations? He said, well, let me ask you a question, Steve. Um, do you wait for an apple to have apple tree to have an apple on it before you call it an apple tree? Uh, well, Lord, um, <clears throat> no. Even if the apple tree is too young to have apples, we still could, <clears throat> we still could say it has the gift of apples. We don't wait for an apple to peer on it before we say it's an apple tree. Even if it died before it had apples at its funeral. At its funeral, we'd say, Brother Apple Tree lived a short life. (laughs) But we'd at least know what to call it. We wouldn't say, Brother, we don't know what kind of a tree it is just died. Because we were waiting to see what kind of fruit was on it before we called it that. Ha, ha, ha. He said, you know what? If you don't say it now that you're going to radically influence nations, you'll probably never radically influence nations. Yeah, I said all these things. You know, I, by the way, I didn't tell other people that. I was telling myself that. Dec- you know, I don't make declarations to convince you. I make them to convince me. Declarations are faith statements about what's true about you that's not in our experience yet. I'm not telling other people. I- I'm telling me. I'm in my, pri- I'm in my own prayer closet. I radically influence nations. sounded ridiculous. Matter of fact, when I first started saying it, it just didn't feel right. You know, if this was really from God, it would feel right. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> he said, I want you to say you're a great leader. You don't have to wait for the fruit of great leadership to be hanging on you. Because we don't get our identity from what we've done. We get our identity out of what we were created to do. We don't get our identity out of what we've done. We get our identity out of what we're created to do. Now, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't need the great leadership hanging on me to say I'm a great leader. Just say I'm a great leader. You are. How can you not be in the Lord? And, and so it was like, wow, he, he was just saying, okay, upgrade your wineskin. I want, I want to pour out the new wine in you of great influence. I want to do it, but I've got you to go higher. And don't wait. Because if you wait in order for it to manifest, you're probably going to be waiting for the rest of your life. And so it, it, it's been a journey, you know, in, in the beliefs. And, you know, we talked about this morning and, you know, last night about toddler learning to walk. It's the great example for us as we grow into who we already are. What would happen to a baby if a baby determined its future from its past? I've never walked before. I'm not a walker. Never talked before. I don't have the gift of talking. (laughs) I mean, you think about it. Babies should be the most depressed. I mean, babies and toddlers should be the most depressed people on the planet. They're just, their first year, year and a half is just constant failure. Trying to eat, and I mean, the food's all over them. Yeah, just, 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 it's a mess and throwing things up. And, you know, they're trying to talk. Nobody understands them. Trying to walk. They can't walk. They should be depressed. No, they're not depressed because they're so convinced. They don't, they, they don't determine their future by their past. They determine their future by their parents. Made in their image, I'm going to do it. I'm going to walk. I'm going to talk. I'm going to drive a car one day. But it's, it's in this, it, learning to walk. You know, we talked this morning about, you know, Division I football in America and the Nevada Wolfpack team went up and they started losing when they went to a higher level. And we broke off today perfectionism, the fear of looking like a failure. And, and I mean, that, that, whole, that whole thing is just is, is so important. And, you know, it's, again, even in walking in hope and extravagant joy, I remember when I first heard that, uh, you know, little children laugh 400 times a day and just learned about joy and all that. And I said, I'm going to move up, but I'm going to live a joyful Christian life. Yep, I'm going to go to Division One joy. Yeah, I, I lost bad. Man, I, you know, 400 times a day laugh, I, might, I was lucky to get five in. The devil would lie and say, well, you, there's just, you will never, ever walk in that. You just, uh, you, you, there's just, uh, you, you don't have the gift of joy. Let's laugh at that, by the way. Ha, ha, ha. 
You don't have the gift of joy because if you had the gift of joy, it'd be easier. You know, shame is an interesting thing. Shame's like, um, uh, it's fascinating how that feeling, shame is a painful consciousness uh, of guilt, shortcomings, and things we do wrong. And, And when we actually start trying to walk higher, shame wants, wants to come, come in our lives. And, you know, when we talk about extravagant joy, we, we also need to deal with shame. And it is, because when you actually start to go, I'm going to believe Scripture, we actually, then, then the, the shame piece will start getting highlighted. I wrote a blog just recently, and I, I shared four areas where I've experienced shame in my life. And it, it's, it's, it's interesting because... I don't even, for a lot of my life, I didn't even know it was shame. I just thought it was me. So, like, you know, four areas. One is, is I, felt, I felt battled shame concerning my physical appearance. And I, I know there's many who can relate to that, if not all of us can relate to that. And, you know, as a, as a growing up, uh, as a teenager, um, you know, in, a, in a, a, a tanned, crazed society, I was very white. Let's laugh at that. Uh-huh. And I wanted to be 10 so bad. I worked hard so hard. And not only that, I was kind of skinny too, you know, taking shirt off, you know, non-tan. <laughs> and, you know, and I remember just feeling the shame. I didn't know it was shame. I just, yeah, I just thought, it, you know, that, that it was just truth trying to, you know, speak to me about who I was and identity. But, but I felt that, you know, and, and, you know, still, you know, just uh, that was an area. I, I felt also shame in an area I, I didn't graduate college, and that was a whole story there. And, you know, feel, feeling shame at times, you, know, you write down, you know, your education level or, 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 or whatever. You talk to other people in school. You graduated this, six PhDs, and, uh, you know. And, 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 you know, I didn't do it, but I just felt shame. So I, I, I battled that. Um, I, I felt shame just, um, you know, just even at times, even in family situations, you know, just where, 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 where our kids are at, what our kids are doing, or, you know, not being everything that, you know, we might think they should be. Shame. Fe- feeling that and battling that and or, or mistakes that I've made, just dumb things. Anybody ever done a, done a dumb thing here? Just dumb. Just, I'm out here. Stop it! <laughs> and, you know, our mind can go back to some stupid things we did in front of people. And, and, and you know, but what it is is that when we actually start on the journey of going after beliefs, the, sh- the light gets shined in on us, and we, we actually sometimes feel worse. Because, again, it's so much easier to blame the devil. The devil's my problem. He wasn't after me so much I could really do something. Or we blame God, God's preordained plan that has put limits on me. That's my problem. No, and but you actually start going after your belief, and then you then you actually, man, you, you notice some things. Man, I got I'm a mess. 
when I first tried to know that, when I really started knowing Scripture and started going after identity beliefs, it, it actually, I, for a season, I felt worse. But then I got power because I said I can start thinking on purpose. And when I actually learned that I don't trust any conclusion in my life, doesn't have hope attached to it, that was the game changer. This shame thing, I feel hopeless about this, feel hopeless about my looks, feel hopeless about finances, feel hopeless, you know, that, that, you know or how I appear. Yeah, I felt even shame, you know, with possessions. I felt shame with cars that I've driven. I felt shame with people coming over to my house when it's all messy. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha, ha ha. I know none of you else would ever experience that. No, but all of those things are the battle for 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 our beliefs. And I just tell you this, we celebrate progress. There's um I, I in the first part of January I went up and ministered in Alaska. Man, I've been ministering in so many places that have snow. I've been in more snowstorms this year. I, I mean I was in snowstorm and near, uh, you know, in Pennsylvania, near Philadelphia. I was in a snowstorm in Casper, Wyoming. Uh, you know, this year, uh, as a snowstorm up in uh, Anchorage, Alaska. I said, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Then I come to um, this place. I have this place. I say, I'm ready for spring. Wake up this morning. Uh, four girls, they, they're the cause. Thank you, ladies. I'm not sure. But it's so beautiful. But I was up in Anchorage, and I remember, um, you know, and I just want to be real with you on my own journey with beliefs, because sometimes you feel like the devil wants to lie to you and tell you that there's a huge gap between those sitting those who sit and listen and those who speak. And that's a lie. I mean, speakers, we, we, we battle the, ex, the same things that you do. And, and that's where the Lord also wants to put shame on us, thinking that we're somehow uniquely different or we uniquely have unique issues. Let's laugh at that. Uh-huh. So I'll just tell you, you know, I had an experience. I was up there in Alaska. I wasn't feeling well. And, and I, did a, I did meetings there. And I didn't. Actually, there was one meeting. I wasn't. I just. I actually looked back on it. Yeah, I didn't feel good about it. And then you know the accuser, the brethren, comes in. You know he starts talking as well. You should have done that. You shouldn't have done that. Anybody ever heard those kind of things? Ah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm coming home. I'm tired and I'm listening to the wrong uh, channel. I'm listening to the wrong channel. You know, how many of you know when you're tired? Not feeling well, you probably shouldn't trust what you're thinking. How many of you ever heard of the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T? Never make a major decision or major conclusion when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. HALT! Steve, before you give any more comments, eat something. Forgive. Get in true fellowship and go to bed. And then we'd love to hear what you think. It's going to have you turn to your neighbor and say, this might be a good word for you, but I'm going to, I'm going to 
exercise self-control here. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not feeling it. And, you know, go to bed, tape's kind of still playing. You know, you're, you're just, uh, that wasn't a good meeting. You, that happened. You, know, you, should have, you shouldn't have done that. You should have given them better. Uh-huh. And so then I get up the next morning. I, I stay in San Francisco. I got to fly to Reading because I get an early morning flight. I've got to fly because I'm teaching in the school in the afternoon. And, and still I'm listening to the wrong, wrong channel. And then I find out my plane's canceled. And the channel got louder. Uh, poor me. And then I was thinking about my week. I had such an overplanned week. And now I'm, oh, no. I don't know if I can handle this week. Feeling stress. And, and so I rented a car. Drove four hours. That's how far it is. And I, I made a quality decision. I got satellite radio. And I listened. I, I tuned into the Joel Osteen channel. And I listened to four hours of Joel Osteen. Sometimes we need help. Sometimes we, we need help to actually get the wrong, to change the channel. I try to change through declarations. I try to change through prayer. I try to change through just, it, it wasn't working. And sometimes we just need some help. And I listened to four hours of Joel Osteen. And I want to tell you, by the time I got back to Reading, I was ready to rip off some devil head. <laughs> I was so fired up. Man, I just said, you know, wow, I can do this. And, and you know, it, it was so, so powerful. And, and I look back on it, and, you know, again, I just celebrate progress. I say, wow, you know, I'm not constantly euphoric. Again, I want to make my low places higher and not stay as long. Whoo, I just stayed in that thing for a day. Wow, that's progress. I'm going somewhere. And, and, and you know, so you know, our, our whole ministry is just about giving you guys tools that when you can't get on top yourself, we got tons of things in order to just. And I've noticed this. If you just start feeding, faith comes by hearing. You start feeding with truth, you're going to get over the top. You guys got that? All right, so knowing the Scripture. It's just there's so many things we could say about that. But let me get into, I just want to do the last part of this message on knowing the power of God. Somebody just go, rah, rah, ah. I love, I love it, you know, knowing the power of God. And, you know, I think it's, it's really illustrated in Ezekiel 47. You know, the story, it's, it's a story of Ezekiel going into the waters. There's the, 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 the waters are, are coming from the temple, and Ezekiel is led out deeper into the waters. He's ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, swimming. It's an illustration of going deeper in the river. Now, this is the second part of the new wineskin. The first part of the new wineskin is the Lord is going to upgrade how you think and what you believe and know the Scriptures. And, and that's the piece, that we upgrade our thinking before our experience has changed. The second piece is allowing Holy Spirit to do deeper things in our lives. Now, you know, I'll tell you this. 
Every time in my journey in walking deeper into the Holy Spirit, I, I, I've been a little bit uncomfortable. Let's laugh at that. I used to think my comfortability level was the indicator of whether something was of God or not. I'm uncomfortable, therefore it cannot be from God. Ha uh-huh. ha. Now, I've been wrong so many times. That can't be God. Well, that was God. I mean, it started, you know, I first get saved, go to church, and the song leader says these dreaded words. Everybody raise their hands. Oh, oh no. This is uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, everybody's going to be looking at me. Oh, no. Raise my hands. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> thank, thank you, Jesus. Whew. Glad that's over. Next week, song leader says same thing. Raise hands. Yeah, it's not quite as bad, but it's not my thing. Next week, song leader says, raise hands. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Man. What was that? Next week, song leader says, raise hands. Woo, freedom! Oh! And you know what happened the following week? I raised my hands without the song leader even saying to do so. I raised my hand by myself. I like this. But at first, I was uncomfortable. I remember when the song leader, I mean, these worship leaders, they're always causing problems. I remember when they said, everybody dance. Oh, Oh, no. I'm a white guy with no rhythm. (laughs) White guy. (laughs) All right. They say... The song there says dance. All right. So I, I just, I, I started off with the, the charismatic hop. <laughs> I said, this is uncomfortable. This, this can't, this can't be God. Uh-uh. If it was God, I would feel comfortable. But then, you know, I, they just, they do it again. Okay. Mm. Oh, wow. That's good. Wow. Hmm. Oh, something. Right? Yeah. They, then, yeah, wow. <laughs> wow. That kind of, kind of frees me up a little bit. I'm getting, maybe I'm letting go of some control here. And pretty soon I started dancing without the song leader say dance. Wow. Because I just I just went kind of deeper in the river. I mean, the first time I ever heard anybody speak in tongues. Oh man, I was uncomfortable. 
This can't be God. I get saved. I remember had one of my friends said, hey, Steve, you heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I said, oh, is that water baptism? He said, well, I don't, he said, I don't think so. <laughs> I didn't know. Okay. Book of Acts. Oh, that looked like different. I remember December 14th, 1975. Uh, it was my wife's birthday. And uh, she's 19 years old. And we're in a we're in our, our college group, and we're praying for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. Man, I've heard, yeah, I was, I was nervous, uncomfortable. Okay, and, and they're, they, they put me in a chair, the hot seat. Hot seat! They gathered around me. They're praying. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Got to try to produce something. <laughs> and my Wendy's out here on the outside of the circle, and she starts speaking in tongues. I said, God, hello, they're praying for me. <laughs> praying for me. And we both got our prayer language that night. It was exciting. It was uncomfortable, but it just, then we kept, kept at it. I mean, I, I got my prayer language, and I go home. The devil says, you just made that up. Uh-huh. You made that up. And, but, but I had my youth pastor, he says, just keep speaking it by faith. I kept saying it by faith. It was uncomfortable, but then, then the river started to flow. Whew. And so, you know, I mean, just, just going deeper in the river, getting an upgraded wineskin. So we're out in Nevada in the 90s, and the Lord just really, I mean, he, he, my wineskin had been upgraded, but not enough. Wendy got much deeper into the river sooner than me. I mean, she, I'm, I'm out here, you know, knee deep, and she's swimming submerged. I can't even see her out there. She just dove in. I'm more cautious. I got to check the water out. I got to feel if it's comfortable. I don't know. I just, 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 I just don't want to just jump in the water. Who knows what's in there? <laughs> so we had a, we're out in Nevada, and uh, we have a ministry out of Seattle, Washington, called Circuit Rider Tent Ministries that um, was spawned out of Toronto. And, um, you know, Toronto blessing in the 90s. And so they had three tents where they toured the western United States uh, and brought their tent in the communities and did renewal meetings. And so they phoned me up, and they, because I'm the only Pentecostal charismatic church within quite an area, and they wanted to bring their tent to Round Mountain, Nevada, where I was. So I'm talking to them. I know as I'm talking to them in my spirit, these are the Christians my mom warned me about. <laughs> these are. I knew it. I knew. And my mind wanted to say, no, this is not safe. It's not safe. It's not safe to bring them. You don't know what, what might happen. And But before my mind could activate, my spirit said, yes, bring your tent. So they brought their tent. 
and their tent was in our city, our little town, for 10 days. And they had a sign on the tent that, that I was uncomfortable with and troubled about. And the sign said this, the party is here. <laughs> I was uncomfortable with that sign. This is church. What do you mean the party is here? We got serious things to do. And so there's there's a couple. <laughs> there's a there's a couple and another man who are leading this renewal tent with the sign the party is here. And they are there for ten days. They have noon and night meetings. And these guys are barely functional. I mean, uh, one guy leads worship. Person is going to preach. Crawl, you know, he's crawling, crawling to the pulpit. Pulls himself up to the pulpit. Leans over the pulpit. Not saying anything. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> and every once in a while, he'd go, Ho! 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 Or, you know, an, an arm would go, Ho! <laughs> I'm talking to the Lord and I'm saying, Nothing's happening. I mean, what, the, the, we, we need something to happen here. He's just up there. Nothing's happening. And the Lord says, yes, yeah, something is happening. And, and, and Steve, this is all about you. Ha ha. So I hang in there. I keep coming. Noon night meetings. Holy Spirit free-for-alls. People walking around spiritually inebriated. People not making sense. A <laughs> lot, of, lot of loud noises. Just, you know, eruptions. You never knew when there'd be a noise. You know, somebody would go, Yeah, I'd hear that. And, but I, I stuck it out. Because I knew, I knew I needed a wineskin upgrade. I had to let go of this control, this fear. And by the 10th the day, by the 10th day in the tent, I became one of them. <laughs> Someone say, yay! Woo-hoo! Wow! Finally got some freedom! Man! Yeah, party animal, the party's here! Come to our party! And the tenth day, we have uh, a Baptist pastor and his wife visit the tent. Ha ha ha! Ha ha ha! Ha ha! Ha ha! And by 
by the time the service was over, they were ready to leave. And we said, their name's Lee and Gail. He said, hey, Lee and Gail, could, could we come and pray for you? Or could you come up so we can pray for you? Because, man, I, you know, by, by the time, when you're in a tent like that, you know, for a while, if you don't pray for someone, you feel like you're going to blow up. Everybody ever felt that? You're just so full. I'm going to lay hands suddenly on somebody. And so Lee and Gail come up to the front, and we, we, they get ready for prayer. The moment we lay hands on them, they both fall out under the power. And that was not a courtesy fall. Now, it, it, it was a boom. The power of God hit him. He gets up. He, his eyes are this big. What happened? What? And he was so excited from that. I mean, it was like a baptism in the Holy Spirit. It was. He said, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he was a changed man. He, he, was, a, he, 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 was, he was spirit-filled, and you could see it on his life from that point on, just one encounter with God. And the Lord just said, Steve, listen, you, you not only go after Scripture, but you go after the power of God, and you embrace that, and, and you allow that to be part of your wineskin. There's going to be so many Lees and Gales who just, they're, they're, all, they're one encounter away from a theological shift. One encounter away. From breakthrough in their lives. Because if we don't create that environment, that's why I love places like House of Hope, where there's freedom. Believe in the power of God. Give room for Holy Spirit to do something. And that, I'll tell you this, within 20 years from now, without that peace being in churches, I don't believe that we're going to be able to touch people. And so I, I just, uh, you know, my own, my own experience of just, of just being uncomfortable. And I know there's people in the room. And sometimes, I, I just got to be honest, sometimes it's us men. Let's laugh at that. Ah, you know, we're overthinking. You know, you know, just, and God's given us, our strength is also our weakness. Our strength is we got logical minds. You know, we want facts. We got you know, support and, you know, all this. But sometimes... You know, sometimes us men just need brain bypass surgery. <laughs> there has to become a time in our life where, where we don't think and we just drink. And we just let God do something. And I'm not going to force something to happen. You know, I mean, uh, I, 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 I don't want to just pretend, but also I don't want to resist. You know, there's meetings at times. A guest speaker will be there. He'll line everybody up. Front. Everybody wants a touch of God. Come line up. And people go, well, I'm going to go up there. I'm not going to let that preacher push me over. Well, that sounds noble, but that will work against you. That attitude. Man, I, I want to lean into what God's doing. And if I feel God's doing something in my heart, you know, I heard a story about a guy named Joseph Garlington in the renewal. Yeah, some of you know Joseph Garlington, great preacher out of Pittsburgh. And in the renewal, he was in a meeting. And he was like uh, sitting on an aisle about right here. And he felt like Holy Spirit said, you know, he's sitting in the aisle, that there was 
a Holy Spirit, there's a hot spot right by him. And if he moved into the hot spot, you know, how do you know when you actually start leaning into Holy Spirit, you start experimenting a little bit? And so he, he, he said, okay, there's a hot spot. He thought about it really, wow, that's kind of dumb, a hot spot. How could there be a hot spot there? You know, I mean, God's here and he's there. You know, so, you know, he, 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 Joseph, drink, don't think. You know, and so he, he's kind of hesitant. So he just he decides he's going to move his toe over there and just kind of see what happens. <laughs> move his toe. And right when he's moving his toe, somebody from the back runs and dives into the carpet right there where he put his toe. We're going to do something tonight that many of you have been a part of, a fire tunnel, joy tunnel. Uh, it's, um, you know, first, you know, what a fire tunnel is, is you got, um, you got two rows of people facing each other. They're about this far apart. Row here, row here, they create tunnel. Their job is to release blessing. To release glory. People walk through tunnel. And those people pray and bless. When I first saw a fire tunnel, I was troubled and uncomfortable. (laughs) I said, this can't be God. Why? That's just ridiculous. Anyway, what's the point of that? Yeah, I, 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 first time I go through, you know, yep. Yeah, that's not my thing. Next time I go through, hmm. <laughs> Next time, (laughs) whoa, (laughs) next time, (laughs) yeah, and and what happened, I found out, wow, I mean, God just, uh, he, he loves to confound the wise. Now, one of the things I found out about fire tunnels is that it, it allows us to become childlike. Now, childlikeness and, and extravagant joy are linked. Matter of fact, childlikeness, if you're going to have a wineskin that knows the power of God, and there's certainly many aspects of the power of God, but I'm going after, you know, one in particular. That I just Childlikeness is a key part of the wineskin to know the power of God. Because if you become childlike and you just trust and you believe and you just think God's going to do things and, and you're just so excited, what's God going to do? What's he going to do tonight? Then it increases the likelihood of something happening. Now, some of you, when you go through the fire tunnel tonight, you're not going to make it through. You're going to need a spiritual tow truck to tow you out. <laughs> that's okay. Others of you are not going to feel anything. But let's laugh at this lie. 
if you don't feel anything in the fire tunnel, it means that God is not doing anything in your life. Ha ha. Ha ha. And it also means there's something wrong with you. Ha ha. Now, the people who go through the tunnel don't run through the tunnel, but try to keep moving. Try. It's not a parking tunnel. <laughs> I've been in many tunnels. I mean, there's, there's sometimes there's gridlock in the tunnels. There's, you're trying to figure out what's going on. I mean, it's just... Now, the people who are in the tunnel, their job is not to stop people and prophesy over them for five minutes and give them a word. And then the next person, <laughs> yeah. And you know, just and just the, the tunnel people's job is, is just to it's just to believe that as 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 you lay hands on them, something powerful is happening. Powerful is happening, and and you know. I think that, um, you know, it's a great way to end a, a weekend uh, or the, this part of the weekend with extravagant joy. Extravagant joy. And just, you know, we'll have some good music. We'll, um, you know, you, you can actually go through the tunnel more than once. And, and, and yet I do see tonight that the Lord, what I'm seeing is that the Lord is going to bring freedom to many people tonight. That, that many people tonight, you're just, you're just, I, I see tonight that some of you are ankle deep in the river. You're going to go knee deep tonight. Some of you are knee deep. You're going to go waist deep. Some of you are waist deep and you're going to be swimming. Some of you who are already swimming. Ha ha. Ha ha. Those are the ones I'm concerned about. <laughs> really concerned about what, what's going to happen with you guys. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm very worried. You should be. Do you guys receive the word tonight? If you receive it, say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. God's upgrading my wineskin. He's upgrading my beliefs. He's upgrading the way I think. He's upgrading my ability to encounter him. I'm getting freedom in my life like never before. And I'll never be the same again. And what happened tonight is going to influence the nations. Amen. Give God thanks. Give him a shout. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Pastor Jeff, I'll let you help. I know our team will definitely want to help with this, but you can give any instructions that you have from the House of Hope side.